Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Freo Big Footy Podcast. This week we'll go back and have a look at the a bit of a debacle against uh, West Coast, uh, have a look at a bit of the debacle in the Peel game and then have a look at the upcoming clash against the Roos this weekend at Etihad Stadium. Joining us is our usual resident Victorian expert, Seppo. How are you, mate? I am good, Centurions, and uh, quick to move on from last week and look forward to uh, the last couple of rounds of footy we've got in front of us this weekend. Yeah, a little bit of uh, fallout as well after the game with uh, West Coast winning 15-14-104 to Fremantle 11-14-80. And uh, Freo just looked a bit slow off the block, Seppo, and uh, we never really, uh, as a, a little bit probably like the mirror image of that first derby. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Silvani as well caught four weeks for an errant elbow, to say the least. And uh, looks like he'll be out probably for the rest of uh, You know, think it's going to be hard for him to get back in for this season. Yeah, I suppose, and uh, even just looking back over the scoreline, we didn't really get off to a good start, and Eagles got the jump on us, and they didn't kick much really after that, and um, I think it was just funny even just to see that, um, you know, we kicked 11 goals 14, and once again, we didn't get to that 12-goal mark, which seems to be the the magical number, so it's uh, holding true whenever we uh, kick 12 goals or more, we usually win, and this time we didn't, and didn't get the result, but um, yeah, I suppose it's a a repeat of... uh, well, the reverse image of what we did to the Eagles. And you know, they, they got off to the quick start like we did last time and, and killed it. And I'm not sure if they really changed from the way they were playing. I think we adjusted, but it was probably too little and hard to peg it back from 36 points or 38 points, whatever it was, at quarter time backwards. So, um, yeah, certainly made it hard. And I find it funny that uh, Josh Hill, the... Uh, Picked up the um, the medal after some really cheap goals. I know he kicked four, but I thought Kennedy or um, probably even Walters or Hill probably had a, a fair chance of getting it. I think it was one of those games, Seppo, which probably highlights a bit like the All-Australian team. If uh, players get injured in the last five or six games of the year, their chances of All-Australian pretty much dry up, where if they have an injury in the first five, six games of the year and then finish strong, their chances of... Uh, doesn't seem to affect your All-Australian chances anywhere near as badly. And probably for Josh Hill, when Freo were like making a bit of a run towards the last quarter there, uh, he kicked a couple of goals, and that was probably fresh enough when they were putting their votes in, considering that they put their votes in about 10 minutes before the end of the game, usually, anyway. Yeah. And uh, would have been just around, just after Josh Hill kicked two goals and sort of pretty, pretty much put the game within doubt. But um, yeah, I mean, I was, much, I was surprised as much as you. In fact, when someone said to me, oh, Hill won the, uh, you know, the Glenn Denning middle, I thought, oh, Really, I thought Stephen Stephen was all right in the first quarter. <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought he was pretty solid for us all day, but I didn't think he did enough to win it. So uh, I definitely thought there was probably other players that stood up a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, it was one of those strange games where Fremantle won most of the statistical categories, Seppo, but uh, not on the scoreboard, and that's where it counts. Yeah, I suppose, and it's just the... The ease in which Eagles scored, I think probably our defence was showing with Silvati having a bit of a shocking day. That probably wouldn't have happened to us usually. And I think there's times he was caught way out of position. I think he just lost it early. And I don't know if it was because he was roughed up or Eagles sort of had a bit of freedom, a bit of space. And even just having a look at the stats, they had 14 bounces compared to our two. And that's probably a huge difference in terms of how they sort of got away and got some... Um, sort of freedom and, and the way they moved it in there because I think with McFarlane and Dawson and, and Johnson back in their prime and, and, and how well they played, I think we um, showed a bit of a weakness down there with um, 
how uh, Silvani had a shocker and all of a sudden our, our defence fell apart. So there's plenty to work on through that and hopefully some uh, changes this week will uh, look at correcting probably what let us down big time. Yeah, Seppo, I know that you guys had your uh, annual derby this week and against uh, the uh, Fitzroy, was it the Fitzroy Eagles or whatever they are. And, uh, we had the Fitzroy Dockers, they were the East Coast Eagles. And yeah, the East yeah, we Coast did go Eagles down by and, a couple of dolls. And uh, to be honest, Seppo, I reckon you probably would have looked fresher or more uh, in tune than Jono did in that first quarter. He looked like rusty as, and, uh, you know, he just struggled to get into the pace of the game. And it was interesting that Fremantle, I, you know, and it's whether you put the half-glass empty or the half-glass full approach, but, you know, we talked a little bit about it last week, Seppo, where I didn't think Ross Lyon was going to show too much in this game, and, you know, there's always going to be that probability that we'd play him again in the finals, and, you know, it would have been nice to get the win, no doubt, but, you know, I don't think he would have probably shown his, you know, best best side or these on a lot of the tactical stuff. Like, you didn't see the Fremantle midfield push it back anywhere near as hard as they normally do, uh, and some of our guys had characteristically quiet days as well. And whether that's, as I said, a glass half full or a glass half empty approach where you sort of say that, um, you know, West Coast were too good and they definitely look quick on the transition. Uh, probably a little bit like uh, Richmond in that first quarter when we played them with our guys just not working hard enough back as well. Yeah, I suppose. And I think Eagles probably pushed forward a bit more. I think they had a lot more um, ball in their... Uh movement around the ground and I think even just having a look at the, the players that spent time in the middle, I think we saw a bit more of uh, DeBoer and, and Subin and some of the other guys in the middle and I think probably we're, we're holding back from having our A-graders all firing with that, you know, the Fife-Hill-Mundy combination at the feet of Sandland. So still a bit of work to do and unfortunately it looks like Barlow just got subbed out due to poor form. You know, Ross saying not getting a touch and he's done that once or twice with players like Subin and um, some others, so that's hopefully he can bounce back and he, he might be even in the gun with the final changes this week. Yeah, the other interesting point, Seppo, is if you look at our midfield setup on the weekend, we didn't play a lot of the time our best clearance side in there. And it was like um, Ross was sort of at times doing a sort of uh, audition for which, which, you know, we talked a little bit last week about Mazungu and DeBoer and those sort of guys looking for that final spot. And, it, you know, there was a number of times where Sonny was in there, Pav was in there. So it wasn't like they were always playing their best side in the middle. And, uh, you know, once again, it could be one of those half-glass full approaches. Uh, one thing that probably was evident, though, was our uh, probably our ball use, particularly from the back half, wasn't terrific. And, you know, we'll probably get into a little bit more in selections later, Steppo. But I think it's probably... I wouldn't be surprised at all if they give Clancy a... I know he got a lot of touches last week, but... Just as a, like I know, if Hill's been pushing back into that half back line, and sort of giving us that drive out of there. And Clancy, when we were playing well early in the year, he was sort of playing that quarterback role. And since we've gone away from it, our ball use hasn't been anywhere near as quite as good. We've probably improved in other areas, but that certainly let us down. So it'd be interesting to see if, with the change this week, uh, Clancy does get a call up because we just have struggled a little bit with that uh, bringing the ball out of defence. And certainly a player that probably did play a good game was Walters with his um, sort of killer instinct up forward again and um, I think probably helped us actually even just kick a couple and sort of get that back us into the game. And um, he's won, I suppose, while Ballas isn't out there. He's um, at least holding up our forward line and him and Pav uh, stacked on a couple of goals this year and unfortunately we're, um, yeah, 
looking at missing Pav this week, but Walters at least has been a, a bit of a shining light with our forward line that, you know, we've just been focusing on tack this year and, and he's one that we've really been needing to lift and, and he has. Yeah, it's one of those things, you talked about Ballas before, Stefo, he's one of those guys who does give a bit, he can give you a bit of an emotional lift out there, you know, he'll do something out of, uh, you know, left field or something that's unexpected and, you know, he can fire the crowd up and it was one of those games when sitting there, it, you know, although it was a derby, you know, it's sort of like, you know, it was like a preliminary bound, you know, bout before the main event, you know, like sort of most people were, you know, obviously a little bit shocked as well. But uh, I think that, you know, having Ballas back in there and that sort of thing will certainly strengthen that forward line up a little bit. Unfortunately, like crazy, didn't get a lot of time. But once again, just, you know, sort of seems to have one good week and one bad, one week where he's not really putting a lot together. So, um, and, you know, like he took a fantastic mark on the weekend, but just doesn't seem to get in the game enough over those, um, you know, and I'm, like, I'm quite a big fan of his, but he just, at the moment, isn't giving enough over the four quarter or the time he's on there, you know? Mm. I suppose uh, another point of the match, I was just reading through the uh, comments in the autopsy thread, it was uh, one thing that frustrated me with the umpiring, there's not too much you can do about the bad calls, but it, it's been happening a lot this year, and, and Sandaland's um, been given freeze against for when it's a ball up or a, a, a throw-in and the ball's coming slightly favouring Sandaland's side, and he holds his ground, and then the opposing ruckman comes in over the top trying to reach it and then he gets pinged for blocking and the you, you can see the confused look on sandy's face he's not stupid and, and he doesn't block in the ruck he's holding his ground and the, the freeze that they pick out for those ruck contests are, are amazing i think there's even one that um they got for the third man up that was blocking which i thought was puzzling as well it's um yeah it's quite interesting that I think Sandlings has been hard, hard done by in the ruck and he must shake his head sometimes at the end of the game wondering how they pick freeze out of those ruck contests. Oh, absolutely. And it, the whole rucking um, umpiring thing is a bit of a debacle and there was a number of really quite bizarre decisions on the weekend and uh, you know, well, hopefully they've uh, used up all the crappy ones between now and the uh, finals because there were some pretty deplorable uh, decisions. But... At the end of the day, West Coast were, probably, were definitely probably the better side on the day in terms of their ball use, and um, it's probably not one of those you know losses you want to have, but it's still probably better to do it now than uh, in three or four weeks' time. Do you reckon uh, Fife and Johnson were good for the run? Because I think Fife probably showed a bit that he's back to it, but do you reckon Johnson's, yeah, do you reckon Johnson's was uh, probably needing to get some cobwebs out? Yeah, Johnson, Johnson definitely. I mean, got better as the game went on, but definitely looked... Uh, probably in the first quarter and uh, quarter and a half and just didn't sort of get a feel for the game and certainly wasn't chasing. And, you know, even on the weekend, you could see that Fremantle were quite willing to give up that mark between the 50 and the wing. Mm. Uh, but then our defence just didn't work hard enough the other way and they were sort of blowing their eyes a bit and our defenders weren't pushing back anywhere near as hard as they probably needed to, which gave them a bit more side, in, you know, side inside 50. What do you think of the? Uh, I know. What do you think of the uh, dual ruck? I know it's something that's always a constant topic of debate. So, if I, I mean, you would have seen it probably a bit better on the screen. What do you? What do you think of uh, Griffin's game on the weekend? Uh, it was okay. It was serviceable. I think it was um, better than last few efforts, and I think I was quite surprised with um, sort of how well he went in a chop out. And I don't think it was very clear if he was getting many hit outs to advantage. But I don't know. I, I, Probably want to see Clark again back in at some stage because I'm not sure if it's the the perfect combination. But it was like I said, it was serviceable with um, Sandlands and Griffin 
taking both centre and, and mixing up in the forward line. That's it. And I think, as you said, I think it'll be one of those games where he will get another opportunity to uh, see, uh, you know, Clark will probably get one more chance, I think, to sort of try and cement a spot in the side, whether it's this week or next week. Uh, and uh, we'll get to the ins and outs shortly. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think he's going to get another opportunity to uh, show his wares and see how we go from there. Any other points you want to bring up on that one, mate, or shall we move on? No, well, I think we'll leave that one in the... Uh, it's a shame to lose that sort of <laughs> record over the, uh, um, the with the derbies and um, a couple of West Coast mates got into me over the uh, the result, but I, I think we can um, finally uh, probably leave that behind us and, and look forward knowing that we're, our best is better than theirs and we'll be right face them in finals because no doubt it will happen probably at some point. Yeah, I'd definitely prefer to lose this one than the final, than win this one and then lose a final because yeah. it would definitely <laughs> be a lot, a lot harder pill to swallow. Mm. Uh, during the week, Sepo, or on the weekend, prior to the game was uh, the mini derby, I suppose, with East Perth and Peel Thunder playing off in the, in the game. And uh, unfortunately, we lost that one as well with East Perth victors 13 goals, 16-94 to Peel Thunder, 8 goals, 14-62 with Perth. Peel really scoring a few junk time goals in the last quarter to make it a little bit more respectable, but um, not a terrific performance all around. But once again, mate, uh, Clancy Pierce putting his foot forward, and we'll talk a bit more about him shortly. And your man Brady Gray once again getting a lot of the pill. Yeah, he's had a pretty solid run now, Brady, and see he's named in the best again. I think he's had probably two or three weeks in a row, and um, a bit of a surprise. Ethan Hughes has probably paid his best game for. Um, Peel so far this year. I know he's probably spent time injured, but and reading the reports, it sounds like he's playing a bit like uh, Ibbotson. is probably the closest Frio list player that he's um, probably in the style to. So it was good to see that he's shown something and um, probably other players. You know, it's repetition, just saying Ballard getting a lot of touches again and unfortunately can't see the game. I don't know how uh, well he was, but it was good to see guys like Gray and Langdon that have been getting you know, 20 plus numbers each week just back it up again and um, guys like uh, Muller and, and Hannes get on the scoreboard and it's a shame that Sean Hurley couldn't get on the, a scoreboard again but it's good to see that he's uh, at least still sticking out there and, and getting a couple of marks and uh, kicks. Yeah there's definitely pressure on and the spots and you know I'm surprised that Gray hasn't had a sort of chance to even be in the extended squad for a while but Clancy once again putting a step forward and you know, although he had 38 possessions, 27 were handballs. So I think for him to be uh, part of our side going forward, I think it's going to be his kicking skills and his ability to hit targets coming out of that defensive 50. Because when he does hit, he has got an ability to hit a target and open up the ground for us. Uh, so I think that will be something that the Fremantle coaching staff will definitely be looking for him to do. So whether he gets a game this week or not will be remain to be seen. But... Uh, there will definitely be something that he'll be trying to work on, I would imagine. Zach Clark had 26 headouts, but once again, didn't get a lot of the ball around the ground. And Tabana had four shots at goals, Seppo, but really only seven possessions for the day, including six marks. So, Real shame. Yeah. Well, moving on from that, I think it's good for Peel to, to know that they're probably going to be uh, now locked into finals with, um, I think, East Perth sitting above them um, with an extra game played. But... I think they've got the bye this week and then Peel are playing Perth. So all all things going as norm should get a, a win and a healthy win and help push them in, maybe sit third. Um, not sure what that means in terms of a top five system, the difference between third and fourth. 
Um, but it'd be great to see Peel actually go into finals and at least get that continue run like we talked about last week. Yeah, and that is a critical point, Seppo. Like, if we do end up third on the waffle, that it does mean a double chance. Um, it's probably been like top four versus bottom four in the AFL. So if they play full or fifth and they lost, lose the first week, then we won't have any of our reserves playing footy after that. So but if they play finish third, even if they lose the first week, they will definitely get another game. So it is pretty important that for, probably for Fremantle that they do at least get another the double chance would be ideal so that they could keep their uh, players in the reserves running around and being fresh as re- or available as possible for if a call-up's required. Because there's only two more games to go and, and Peel are playing Perth and I think South Fremantle. So there's a good chance they can win those two. And uh, it's an away to Perth and then home to South Fremantle. So banking on those two will be fantastic to see uh, Peel just move in and be in a good position to have a crack at the Waffle Finals this series. Yeah. All right, Seppo, moving on. Uh, as I said, we did talk about Silvani being out with the suspension this week, but do you want to go through the ins and outs? Yes, we're going playing on Sunday at uh, 1.10 Eastern time against North Melbourne at Etihad and uh, home team first with uh, Kangaroos bringing into their squad at this stage. Mackenzie, Bastanak, Dumont, McMillan and Mullet out with uh, Jack Zebel with suspension and Taylor Garner has been admitted. Um, over to Freo, we're looking at bringing into our squad McFarlane, Dawson, Blakely, Clark and Langdon, while Silvani and, and is out with a suspension, um, missing for four weeks, and obviously Pav out with the Achilles, which I think is probably on the minor end. It's been talked about over the last couple of weeks, and there was talk about him being rested right before this uh, the derby and even probably the game previously. But they probably considered stay at home, rest up, and probably on the surface of Eddie had as we so when we played the Saints there two weeks ago was uh, what we're looking at there. So obviously new Blakely and uh, Langdon still yet to uh, earn a debut, but uh, obviously this squad's going to be trimmed down tomorrow around uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, and it'll be interesting to see what final changes they make, especially with obviously Pav as a forward taken out and uh, only McFarlane and Dawson being added back in with Clark there, but I can't see it... Uh, Going any for like for like, so I think we'll at least see a different makeup. And uh, what what do you make on on how they've even just named the the side? Because looking across the Frio, Frio uh, formations and positions, I can't imagine that they'd ever line up this ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you generally don't take a lot of uh, interest in generally the way that they do line up. And you know, and I've seen some crazy <laughs> times, you know, ones you know, Pierce in the forward pocket and that sort of stuff, but. You know, it will be definitely an interesting uh, discussion. And we did talk about, as I said, I think we called it first, Seppo, uh, a few weeks back about Pav not probably going to be rest, you know, playing the derby and get rested up for this one. Uh, but, you know, when we look at the uh, lineup that's there, it will be interesting to see who the ins and outs are. You know, ideally, I don't think uh, if Silvani wasn't out or ousted this week, I don't think they'd probably play McFarlane at Etihad. I don't mm. think it's an ideal scenario for him. But, you know, North Melbourne do have a pretty reasonable uh, in height with Petrie, Brown and weight down in that forward line there. So it's definitely, I think this game is going to be one of those midfield battles where if we get enough of the ball, uh, you know, we should be able to starve their forwards of getting so probably a bit like last week and when we played him earlier in the year as well. Mm. I think uh, McFarlane's going to be a classic case of if we're doing well and, the game's sort of done and dusted three-quarter time, which probably won't be against uh, North the way they're going at the moment, but probably McFarlane be a candidate for the vest. And 
maybe in a for laid out depending on who boards are playing and and what we've got out there. But it will be will be tough with our key position. Johnson will probably be better for the run, and with Ibbotson out there, you really think that Dawson uh, probably is required out there. And Alex Pierce obviously probably filling some food shoes with uh, Pav not there, and I really probably struggle to see the combination of both Sanderlands, Griffin and Clark. So you think there'd be some emissions out of uh, one of those Ruckman there? Yeah, definitely one of the Ruckman you wouldn't think would play. And you wouldn't probably, you'd think, name Dawson to play on a fit interchange. So you'd have to think either Dawson or McFarland won't play, you know, depending upon, I suppose it may be depend on how his um, calf is. Um, and as I said, Clancy... Didn't get a call up despite his 38 touches last week, Seppo. So um, he's obviously still not quite doing the things that Freeman will want for him. But I think, uh, as it, as we talked, well, as certainly I talked about earlier, that I think he could give us just that little bit better use out of the back line um, mm-hmm. and link up better between the half backs and the and the forwards. And I think Sheridan's been pretty good, but they certainly need um, one of him or Sutcliffe to uh, just be a little bit more damaging in, in particular. Mm. I think even just when you're looking at the matchups, the way they've uh, named Ibbotson on Thomas and Lee Spur on Ben Brown, that's certainly one matchup I don't want to see during the game with Spur playing on the bigger unit Brown. So maybe uh, Ibbotson could probably take that or the the resting uh, Petrie probably if he is going right up there because Johnson and McFarlane probably have their hands full to take on the tools of uh, North Melbourne there. Yeah, Spur was a little bit sore last week. He came off even towards the last quarter and he sort of had a lot of strapping on his legs so right in front of where I was sitting and uh, you can sort of see he was a bit of discomfort. But um, if he plays this week, there's nothing sure than he'll play on Lindsay Thomas. He did a pretty good job on him in the first game this year. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much kept him near goals, I think. So I'd be quite shocked if that wasn't uh, the lineup again this week uh, or if that's not his uh, opponent. Uh, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see with those... It's an unusual interchange, as you mentioned, Seppo. We've got sort of like, you know, you've got a two ruckmen, you've got a backman, and then you've really got sort of a forward and then a couple of WTs and the ball. So uh, normally you can sort of pick two or three players that are, you know, because quite often Lockie Neal and Barlow are named on the bench. Mm. And so you can do that quite easily. But this week we've got Amazunga, who's another one who's quite a regular on the interchange bench, Seppo. So, uh, but they've all been named in the 18 this week, along with... Uh, Subin. So it'll be interesting to see which player is the one, or which players make the cut and which ones don't for this one. Yeah, it'd be nice to actually see a bit of a shake-up. Like, I know Subin, Mzungu and Barlow have all sort of been named on the field in different positions, but I'd be uh, tempted to throw someone like Langdon or Blakely for the Wolves, and I know you've mentioned a couple of times Blakely coming in for Monday at some stage to uh, probably play a role maybe against Melbourne or even the final game against Port, but you never know, maybe on a, a quick deck like uh, Eddie had, Langdon might be ideal and playing that half forward instead of someone like Barlow might be uh, the way to go. And um, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, tomorrow with the final changes because certainly it would be exciting to go with a bit of speed. And when you look at the uh, forward line of Daniel Pierce, Alex Pierce, Walters, Subin, Main, Barlow, you can sort of see what they're... Might be trying to think there with no Pav, but it will certainly uh, make it a bit different thing. Um, interesting with our, with no Pav there, just how our entries inside 50 are and, and what they're going to have to do. And without the regulars in there, I don't think they'll be taking five too quickly out of our midfield. They'll be uh, probably leaving him in there and making the uh, North Melbourne defenders, who would usually you know double team or just have a couple of people around Pav, actually look up and 
Hopefully we can mix up a bit. And from Eddie had what we saw with a mix of goal kickers against Saints, really um, you know, share it around and, and mix it up. Yeah, uh, last week when in that Eagles game, Sepo, you, we could see that Fremantle quite took too long quite regularly to bring the ball in. And when they did go in, they went too shallow. They like, you know, if you we had the, like literally they had Schofield out in the last half with a hamstring injury. Elliot Yo was their biggest, I think, tallest defender down there, and we were sort of trying to, you know, pinpoint passes and rather than the sort of we had the tall timber down there, and we just didn't isolate it enough one on one or bring the ball in quick enough. So I think that'll be once again a emphasis again this week. Um, and the way that forward line sets up without Pav will definitely be an interesting conundrum. Uh, and, you know, the like, it'll be interesting because, as you said, it's whether we've got guys who can swing back and forth where Pierce has got the ability to do that. I mean, McFarlane can play, has played forward in the past. Not terrific, but he can do it. But you wouldn't really back any of our other forwards or defenders. Like, you certainly wouldn't have Zach down there or... Uh, John has played a little bit, but you certainly prefer him across that half-back line dictating traffic. Yeah, it's certainly going to be hard to pull one of McFarlane, especially with um, the work rate. And when you look at his last few games, he doesn't really venture out of the um, defensive 50 too much. So it's really going to come, come down to this uh, selection and what we do with the mix of players. And if Alex Pierce is treated as a swingman and have the option to go back down if they do intend on subbing out McFarlane, but what does that do to our forward line? And Maine's no key forward. So there is a bit of work to do there with the um, players to be named and um, it'll be quite interesting, actually, because I think this is a game that we can just, you know, start to, you know, fine-tune our forward entry 50 to something different to really show that, you know, we can do it without Pav. And it just reminds me of that couple of game uh, a couple of years ago, I think, against North Melbourne at Etihad that Pav pulled out last minute and yeah, we absolutely killed it. And a lot of people saying, no Pav, no Freo, but I remember that game put that theory to rest. Yeah, and the reality is for us, Epo, that we do need to win two of our last three based provided the other teams win out. So, you know, next week you'd have to think that we'd be not a lay-down Mazzaria, but you're the strongest of favourites against Melbourne at home. So you've, we've either got to win this one or the Port game just to definitely cement that top side or top two spot. And I'm sure Ross will be um, more than, you know, keen to cement that after the Melbourne game rather than having to sort of rely on results in round 23, even if it is in our own hands against Port over there. Because North Melbourne will certainly be trying hard because even just playing around with the uh, ladder predictor now in the last three games, it's a lot easier to do and just muck around with a couple of permutations. North can uh, sort of slip out into the eight if we beat them and you know their last few games are against the um, Bulldogs and uh, it's one of the tough game against the Tigers as well. So they're going to be fighting tooth and nail for a spot in the eight as well, North. So they'll um, certainly won't be a, a, an easy beat. So if we get this one, we should be right. You know, winning our last two and securing that top spot. But if we uh, lose this one coming up, it's going to be um, a must-win last games against Melbourne and Port to lock up that top spot and not let West Coast get that advantage because it would be great to see at the end of the season us lock up the minor premiership and get a chance to wear our purple and, you know, <laughs> last day in September, say we'll be there and, and get all the advantages to go with finishing first. Yeah. And we once again didn't see... Uh, and. The sort of kangaroos had their own, uh, I suppose, concerns as well, a little bit, Seppo, with uh, Zabil being uh, done this week at the tribunal for one week as well. So they've had their own sort of selection issues where they have lost um, a player as well. So it'll be interesting to see how their sort of midfield, because I think that's where the battle, in particular Eddie had, is won and lost. 
and North Melbourne probably usually get a pretty good armchair ride with Goldstein, who's been in, you know, arguably all Australian form this year. And uh, we saw against the game when we played them over here earlier in the year, against that, uh, you know, they did struggle a little bit when they, when Sandlands was sort of dictating more where it was, but we were flying a little bit more at that stage than what we are now. So it'll be interesting to see that ruck battle because it will definitely be. Uh, I think it may also go a little bit towards the All Australian as well, to be honest. Yeah, maybe even both might get the um, All Australian spots in the end because I know Jacobs has probably had a good year and other ruckmen like Martin and maybe one other that's probably had a really good year. But I think it's, you know, when we beat North Melbourne earlier in the season by about 70 odd points, we were probably at our peak. I know we um, beat Adelaide the week after there and then it was sort of all downhill from then. But, you know, we, we did beat them by a fair considerable margin that stage and that's when we were probably at, at our peak. So we've got to be back to that level to be able to beat North and even just having a look at the uh, squiggle now, it's actually got North beating us 86 to 74. So according to this uh, great calculator, that's probably on more tips than me with their uh, system at 123. So it's doing a lot better than I am. It's a much better judge of games than, than I've been this year. It's... Um, yeah, it's going to be hard for us, so we're going to have to do better than kick 74 points and hopefully uh, put away North. Yeah, and as you said, North are playing for a, their spot and they're trying to obviously get a fifth or sixth spot in the you know uh, finals to get that home final. So because it does make a bit of a di- it does make a difference whether they're at the G or Eddie had. So and they've probably got a pretty strong lineup in when you look at it across the board. They've got a pretty good mix of forwards. And defenders, so it'll uh, it certainly won't be an easy walk in the park, that's for sure. But with players playing for spots, you'd hope that uh, Fremantle will certainly be looking to bounce back after a poor performance last week and try to get back on the winners' circle. Yeah, and it's interesting to see. I know it happens every week <laughs> towards the end of the year if it's a, a milestone or a retirement or something usually happens. And of course, Boom has signed a one-year contract extension as well as Petrie, so they've always got little things to get people up and about when they seem to play us. But I think our players will be uh, hurting after the loss. And, you know, it's happened a couple of times this year and now, well, only three times. But I reckon even just hearing the comments from players like Neil and Barlow, they'll, they'll be keen to bounce back and, and put in a good effort because I suppose players like them, they'll be uh, wanting to show that their, their spots earned and they work really hard to be there. Yeah. I must say it's... Uh... And I don't want to talk too much on the tribunal, but it's been an absolute disgrace this week. Uh, the way uh, Subin's character has been brought into question, you know, you know, like people think that, uh, you know, complaining about being bitten is worse than the actual person who's biting itself. It's just been unbelievable. So, yeah, I just uh, uh, found it really strange of the comments that, that came out how uh, Marston was trying to uh, claim that he didn't bite. He had a re- um, the reaction with the the jaw and and trying to explain that. Now, it's impossible to have your <laughs> um, have those marks and everything that you could see that happened to Subin, and the fact that they're trying to claim it wasn't was just a, a terrible indictment on the, the way that they acted. And yeah. oh, I'm so glad that he um, did get something because I know a lot of people over here in Melbourne probably said he probably deserved more, and probably it, maybe if it was a, a bigger cut or Something like that probably would have been considered worse, but I'm glad that the, um, he did get something because it certainly shouldn't have been let off lightly. And, I mean, whether it's two... I mean, two weeks will probably be their two most important games, and the last game against St Kilda I don't think is really going to matter too much anyway, but irrespective, it was, um, you know, 
as I said, it was pretty poor form and certainly something you don't expect to see out on the footy field. Mm. But uh, any other matchups sort of uh, stand out for you this week, mate? Yeah, not until we see the final squads. Could it, matchups really be uh, interesting? So it will be interesting how we lay them up because at the moment it's probably a bit hard to read into the, the matchups that could actually happen out there. Um, but I think it really comes down to the, to the final side and, and who we bring in and what type of uh, team we have run out there to face North at Etihad. And the roof might even be open being a, a day game, so it'll be quite interesting and maybe painful viewing for the uh, people on TV. So be looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I think another person who this will be a big game for is probably Daniel Pierce as well, Seppo. He was pretty average last week with only 10 touches. And there's certainly other guys, like, as you said, with the likes of even Langdon pushing forward or Clancy coming back. I know he does give us that outside run and certainly gives us the inside 50s, but if you're going to do that, you certainly need to be giving uh, a little bit more than what we saw last week with only uh, 10 touches. Yeah, certainly. Uh, any other sort of points you want to bring up before we sort of give, go to the tips? No, I'll, uh, I'll be looking forward to this game. It's it's one that I think now we get that win and we just get into prime position for the for the last two games of the year. And I think this will uh, mean a lot if we can win by you know one point. You know, percentage is not really coming into it now. So I think man management and you know we don't want any more stupid suspensions or big injuries. And I think we've been lucky with injuries this year compared to all other sides that are fighting. So I think it's hopefully about a good result man management, you know, keeping McFarlane everything rested and um, getting the four points. So let's just hope that we can get the job done and I'm going to predict by uh, a one-point win to um, seal the deal and <laughs> get it, get the job done. Yeah. I, I also think it'll um, be a Fremantle victory. I think it's a little bit... I don't think we're an eight, like a 75 or 80-point worse side than what we were, but even though North maybe a little bit better, but even then still, Seppo, North tend to be a little bit up and down. Um, they haven't really been able to be a, that consistent side that they probably would like to be. They sort of have one good week and then one poor week. Uh, so you just never know which one you're going to get with them. Even a couple of weeks ago, they struggled to put uh, Melbourne away. And they've had a pretty soft run the last probably, what, four or five weeks. They've had Essendon, Brisbane, Carlton, Melbourne, St Kilda. So they haven't really played anyone of any real uh, difficulties, so this will be probably a big test for them and probably a good t- test for us in terms of where we're sitting in terms of uh, setting up our top spot. But I feel that that three to four goal mark should be about, um, about where we should be at the, come the end of the season. Mm. All right, any other points you want to bring up, mate? No, other than the fact that uh, I'm looking forward to um, the last few games of the year and I can't believe how quick this uh, season's going and all of a sudden it'll be finals time. We'll talk in Brownlow again. So maybe even for uh, this weekend, I'm hoping Fife gets out there and puts one or two and just gets enough to really seal the deal this week. Yeah, he definitely looked good in that second half last week and you know took a big step forward. And uh, he said, I think uh, having that week off it just allows it to get better and better. So uh, it should be a good, uh, good way to go forward. Yeah. All right. Thanks again for joining us this week, Seppo. No worries, and uh, looking forward to a great weekend of footy. Yeah, and we'll uh, hopefully celebrate Fremantle getting back to the sort of form that we expect. But we've been saying that for a bit too long now, Seppo. So yep. let's. Uh, it's time. <laughs> that's it. Now, time with only three weeks to go. We definitely need to start uh, turning the uh, temperature up and uh, getting a win this week will certainly do go that. And a good, strong four quarter performance would be what we're looking for. All right. We'll see you again next week, Seppo. And for all those guys listening, don't forget an early start this week, 11 o'clock on Sunday. If you're going, certainly enjoy it. And from the rest of us, we'll see you next week. Bye for now.